Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome back, indeed, to another year of UFO strangeness. We actually have a pretty good episode for you guys today. Bree, what are we talking about? We're doing our Illinois Part 2 episode because Illinois is packed with lots of UFO activity. Honestly, there's so much that it was really hard to even pare down some of the stories we were going to talk about. And what's funny is I've looked at a map of UFO sightings way back, I don't know, 19, let's just say 1905, Mm -hmm. to current day. And it shows that Illinois is actually one of the hottest states in America for UFO sightings, which I thought was very interesting because I think of California. Yeah, I was going to say, I think of like more the West Coast, California, Nevada, New Mexico kind of area. But there's something about Chicago, man. The same thing. I didn't really believe that there was a lot going on there until I started to dig into it. And I'm like, holy shit, where is all this coming from? Why do, why am I only finding out about this now? It could also be because of the O'Hare airport. You know, since it's about the busiest airport in America, that it could be a lot of unidentified phenomena. But I think the two cases we're going to talk about here today were obviously not airplanes. All right, what's the first case we're going to talk about, Brie? The first case we're going to talk about is the St. Clair Triangle or the Highlands UFO sighting or in some TV shows, people call it the UFO invasion of Illinois. This is in the St. Clair County part of Illinois. All right, lay it on me. I've never heard about this. This is actually the 20th anniversary for this. This Mm. sighting took place January 5th, 2000. So also Josh's birthday. He just turned 33 yesterday. Happy birthday, Josh. So I thought it was also really synchronistic that I was looking into this and realized, oh shit, when we record this, it's going to be the 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. It's weird to think that 2000 was that long ago. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? How did I even miss this? Um, Surprise, we're old. Surprise, indeed. I know. You know, all the time I'm like, oh, I'm 30, I'm old. And people are like, you're not old. And you know what I say back to them? Well, this is the oldest I've ever been. (laughs) And then they don't know what to say back to that. They're like, well, technically you're right. And I'm like, I'm just saying. That's a statement you'll always be right at. Yeah, exactly. I like that. So what makes this sighting very significant is that it was reported over numerous cities and also by about four or five police officers that were all in different cities as well. So this isn't just one officer. There are many that have nothing to do with each other. They're different jurisdictions, and I think that's really interesting. So it starts with a man named Melvern Knoll. And Melvern is a seasonal truck driver, but he owns a mini golf course in Highland. So he's up late, of course, like truck drivers do out on the road. And it's about 4 a.m., and he goes to his mini golf course to check up on things after he's done his routes. And when he gets out of the car, he notices this really, really bright star in the sky. And it caught his attention, but again, just thought it was a star. Went back inside, checked up on everything. It's all good. So it's only been a few minutes. He comes out and looks up and notices that star again, but it's closer. And then it just gets closer and closer, moving towards him till it looks like it's literally falling out of the sky. He realizes, holy shit, this is not a star. Yeah. He describes this object as looking like the side view of a two-story house. I will read you his quote. To me, it looked like a side view of a two-story house. It was the size of a football field. 
It had two different floors. It had big windows, three on the lower deck and three on the top deck. Way up on the top, there was a penthouse with a dim light in it. Underneath, it had red lights with a diamond shape. If someone had looked out of the window, I would have seen them. The craft was dead silent, no sign of an engine, and it wasn't until it turned away from him that he noticed it was in the shape of a triangle. Mm. When I first read that account, I actually laughed. When I heard the two-story house, mm-hmm. I said, is this a joke? You know what's funny? In <laughs> a few of the cases that I've been looking into, people have been talking about these bigger structures, not necessarily the, like these small crafts, but more of something I would call maybe like a mothership. Mothership. That's a, that's a great example. Right? Because it's hard to imagine something the size of a football field, which we hear a lot. And to me, I'm like, what? How does... What? But then two stories. I'm like, I didn't know that that was a thing. I mean, if you think about... Let's, okay, let's, let's think Star Wars here, right? And let's think about one of the ships that they would have in Star Wars. They have, like, multiple levels. So, like, that makes sense. Like, that checks out. Yeah. It's not like all ships would only be one level. Like, there would obviously be, like, a downstairs, like, a ship. You know what I mean? Like, a a boat. Like, the engine's down there. That's where you got to feed the coal into the fire to keep it fueled. Or, you know, (laughs) then you have, like, the deck where, like, you drive everything. And then the deck where people live in. So, I, I, in my head, especially when we're talking about, like, Hollywood aliens, I could see, like, a multiple level, like, mothership. Now, I will say, I don't hear of a lot of stories where these motherships are so close to the Earth, but I do, usually it's kind of like the little pods that come out of the mothership that we end up seeing. So this one's a little bit interesting that we're seeing something so big, so close. That was my second thought was, holy crap, this has to be extremely close for him to make out that much detail. Well, he said that if he saw someone look out the window, he would have visibly been able to see them. That's incredible. So after he has this sighting, he's a bit concerned that no one's going to believe him the next day, which obviously, I mean, I laughed at first when I heard the two-story house. So the first thing he thinks is, I've got to tell someone. He goes straight to the police station there Mm -hmm. in Highland, tells them what he saw, and surprisingly, they take him serious enough where a 911 dispatcher gets on air and asks any police officers in the surrounding area to check it out. Mm Mm-hmm. The first officer that responds is Ed Burton in Lebanon. So this is a different city now. When the dispatcher is describing to him what Melbourne had seen, the police officer is basically saying, uh, are you sure he wasn't DUI or anything like that? And she's like, no, this is serious. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was really interesting about this audio tape were these two sentences, and that's the most that stuck out to me about all of them that we'll listen to today. He says, quick question. If I find this thing, what am I supposed to do with it? I like that. And then he says, oh, shit, I just saw it. (laughs) (laughs) If I see it, I'm not saying a word. Well, of course, because why would you? And that's actually been in a few different kind of police audios and stuff that we found throughout time where it's like, I believe an episode or two ago, someone was like, okay, and if I find it, what? Well, because like, it's true. What are you supposed to do? Like, Shoot I'm not it down. Say anything. I yeah. love that. He's like, so I find this thing and like, I'm not saying a word. Yeah. Like, who, wh- what's the purpose of us going to check this out? Why don't we play the audio clip real quick so they can hear it? Well, this is just a call from Highland PD. Reference to it, the truck driver just stopped in. And so there was a flying object in the area of Lebanon. It was like a two-story house. It had white lights and red blinking lights. And it was last seen southwest over Lebanon. Leslie, could you check the area? Hello, Craig. Did you guys think the truck driver was uh, DUI or anything? Ten four and out. Fifteen minutes. I just sent out the search while you're looking at the sky. I'm not sure. Thank you. 23, 10, Just a quick question. If I happen to find it, what am I supposed to do with it? 
If I see it, I'm not saying a word. Uh, also, be advised that the last thing that went over Lebanon, this was approximately five minutes ago, was a military cargo plane. It looked like a C-5. So be advised, there's a very bright white light east of town. Looks like it's just east of Summerfield. And it keeps changing colors. I'll go there and see if maybe it's an aircraft. It doesn't look like an aircraft, though. That's primitive. Not the moon, it's not a star. Sencom 5404. You would, would you contact Scott Air Force Base to see if they have anything flying in this area, please? 10 4, well, whether it's a plane or not, it's heading westbound now. It should be really close to Scott now. Uh, negative. Matter of fact, if the shadow officer looks up, they can probably see it by now. Good enough this time. 185, I see something, but I don't know what that is. Same count, 5404. Just for 43, the only other houses I saw had already landed in those four neighborhoods, so there's not nothing. Probably Ed and Lambert. Sincom 6004. Go ahead. I've got that object inside also. Are you curious? It's huge. Sincom 4. I'll assume that Sincom assignment. 604, does it look like a, what does it look like to you? It's kind of V-shaped. Uh, it's like it's possibly headed toward uh, Lambert. That's him for, that's what Shiloh says when he's heading towards Hervey Heights. Really? Six miles to the lady. Atlas, you need to minutes later he does confirm that he sees the lights that it's changing colors it doesn't look like an aircraft and then he asked the dispatcher to check the local air force base scott air force base and also the surrounding airport to make sure that there isn't anything flying around but he says this does not look like an airplane but i'll check it out he's like affirmative this is not a star this is not a moon Going through his checklist of all the things that it could be. Like we would normally do. Like, is it an airplane? Is it a planet? Is it whatever? So he's going through his own mental checklist. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. Exactly. That's what it sounds like to me. He sounds like he's just like sketch, sketch, sketch. Exactly. So at this point, he's like, it's heading westbound. Notify another officer maybe in the surrounding area. They could probably see it by now. And then sure as shit, about six miles southwest from Lebanon in a town, Shiloh, a police officer. His name is David Martin. And he comes on and says, I I see something and I don't know what the heck it is. And then 13 miles southwest of there in Milstadt, another police officer comes on Craig Stevens and he says, I've got this object inside also. It's huge. 
So we have just like one by one police officers in different surrounding cities are coming on. If this thing is really two stories tall, like you could probably see it for a few miles. That police officer had actually pulled over and jumped outside and grabbed a Polaroid camera that he had in the trunk of his car and tried to snap a picture of it. You can find it online. It looks horrible. And the excuse is that the temperature was so low that it like fucked with the camera or something like that. See, I would assume he was so excited that he was like shaky. It just looks strange. Okay, we'll have we'll we'll put it on our Instagram. About 15 minutes later, there's another officer in the city of Dupo, and he was also telling the dispatch that he sees the object to change in colors. It's really large. He said that the object was about 500 feet above him, and it's huge. There's another police officer later, past when all this stuff happened, that also came out and said, yeah, I was also on there. It just wasn't on the audio recording. So now you can kind of find different different patches of this audio recording. So there was another one. And that's the recording that comes on when he's describing this big V-shaped object. And then he does the Twilight Zone, like, doo-doo-doo-doo. The 911 dispatcher does check with Scott Air Force Base and the surrounding airport. They said that they weren't flying anything that night. She lets them know, but she also made a comment later that when she did call that in, that they were not taking her seriously. They were actually laughing at her. And she's like, hey, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing what the officers asked me to do. But that other officer that came in later, the O'Fallon police officer, Mark Lapino, describes the object as first thinking that they were multiple helicopters all flying in formation. And it wasn't until it got closer that he realized this was one object. And it was enormous, silent. The only thing he could feel was a like a low buzzing, like a humming sound. Hmm. And then he was able to make out that it was in a triangle shape. Hmm. Several hours later, there's also a teacher that came out saying that when he was driving, he noticed that there was an object hovering in the sky, just kind of sitting there. His name is Steve Wanaka. So he comes out saying, yeah, I also saw the object. So we have from four in the morning to about six or seven o'clock when the teacher saw the sighting because the sun was already coming up by now. And what's very interesting is that a woman has a video of a weird craft the night before on January 4th. And that's a weird object. I couldn't really make out if it was really a triangle that looks like there's an orb that moves around it. But it would be really interesting to find out that maybe that was the same UFO hanging out in the area for like over a 12-hour period. Mm, That's very plausible because another story we're going to talk about a little bit later also has kind of those vibes. It seems like when UFOs come over Illinois, they don't just like pop in. They, like, come back and hang out, and they're there for long periods of time. Well, whatever the instance was, I think it's a very significant sighting, the fact that this was seen over multiple cities and multiple different police officers. We have all the audio recordings for it. Even though at the time, the Air Force Base and the airport told the 911 dispatcher that there was nothing going on in the air, about a month later, there was an article released and the journalist said that he basically jumped on the phone with them and they said it was a blimp. Mm. And it was the exact same flight pattern that a blimp would be too. And I'm thinking to myself, really a blimp? Four o'clock in the morning? I mean, maybe, but for all of the police officers to report this strange triangle craft, how is that a blimp? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No. 
And this was also made into a song. It's called Concerning the UFO Sighting Near Highland, Illinois by Sufon Stevens. And it is not a song that you would imagine. When I heard the name, I thought it'd be like one of those light classic rock bands, maybe, you know, like older folks in their garage. But it's not. It's kind of an indie song. Should we play it? Are we allowed to? Sure, why not? Who's going to stop us? We have no sponsors. All right. And roll the clip. song it's relaxing all right let's pause and take a break from the ufos for just a quick second and let's talk about all the other weird things that illinois has to offer before we get back to our second story here about aliens so brie first of all i just want to say we need to go to chicago chicago number one because i want to go to the historic museum of torture devices oh they have there it sounds so fun (laughs) <laughs> I have a feeling, like, in my head, I feel like the museum is, like, a weird dungeon. Ooh, think of the gift shop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so we have that there. Then, have you ever heard of something called the Giant Gemini? No. So it's a giant rocket ship man that's, like, 500 feet tall along Route 66. And people stop there to take pictures and stuff. But it's a very interesting kind of spacey thing. And then also, of course, we have Route 66 running through there, which, you know, if anyone knows anything about Route 66, there's a lot of weird shit that happens on Route 66. You're only one six away from the devil, so... (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd like that. Also, in the Shawnee Forest, there's a giant Bigfoot statue that they have out there because in the Shawnee Forest is, like, a huge Bigfoot area where, like, people see tons of Bigfoot. And there's a lot of weird cryptids. One of them is an abominable swamp slob. You Like, what is that? First of all, I think of, like, abominable snowman. But then I'm like, what does even abominable mean? Does anybody know? (laughs) 
I don't know, it's just weird. Like, why not just call it a, sw a swamp slob? Like, why abominable? And then they also have the Enfield Horror. Have you ever heard of this one? I'm gonna read the description of the guy who came across this in like the 70s. His name was Henry. And this is Henry's description of the Enfield Horror. It had three legs, a short body, two short little arms, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four foot and a half feet tall and was grayish colored. It was trying to get into my house. Sounds like a little alien. So to me, it sounds like a Goblin? little bit of like a mutated alien because he was like three legs, short body, two short little arms, and pink eyes. I'm going to show you the picture real quick. It's very strange. It looks like... An elephant almost? Something that went through a nuclear catastrophe and then it just mutated or something. What if it was like an alien from the future from the nuclear wartime and they were coming back trying to warn us? Or he just hitched a ride all the way from Chernobyl. He took the long route. That's true. <laughs> Illinois also has a ton of Native American history behind it, which oh, I yeah. think is a big reason why this area is a hot spot for all these paranormal things. We also have the Cahokia Mounds, which is home to something called Woodhenge. It's kind of like what it sounds like. You think Woodhenge, you think Stonehenge, very similar, except instead of stones, we have wood. And it's in Collinsville, and it's the largest prehistoric Indian civilization north of Mexico during the time. No one knows exactly what happened to these people. They straight up disappeared, very similar to the Mayans. But one of the only things that's left of theirs is this giant sundialish thing that's made out of wood that's very reminiscent of Stonehenge. So it's interesting that we have like these big structures throughout the world using different kinds of material, what was available to them. You know, obviously them wood, maybe not stone. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting that we have this Native American kind of vibe going on here. They disappear, and then all of a sudden crazy things happen in Illinois all the time. Yikes. There's a portal. There's always a portal. I feel like, every, I feel, oh, we do a lot of these episodes where we talk about this has, this is a hot spot. There must be a portal there. I'm starting to come to the conclusion that just it's all a portal. Life is a portal. Yeah, it's just everywhere. It's not well, a specific course. space anymore. Like, we say it so often that I feel like it's just everywhere now. Aliens are just spilling out of the fucking pot everywhere we go these days. Yes, but there can also be a multiple portals close to each other. That's very true. All right, let's jump into our last story of the episode. What are we talking about, Brie? The Tinley Park Lights. We are. This is a little bit of an interesting case. Where do we begin with this? Let me start off by saying that it all starts at an Ozzy Osbourne concert, <laughs> which is like not how you should probably start a UFO story, but this is genuinely where it happened. Let me set the scene for you. It's 2004. Times are still good. <laughs> you still can't get through the airport properly, but you know, <laughs> post 9-11 world. You decide, you know what? I'm gonna take you out for the night because you deserve to go out and I just won tickets from a local radio station for Ozzy Osbourne. This is prime of his time area. This is full-blown Ozzy biting off bat heads and eating them. Sharon! Exactly. <laughs> we go to this concert, we get smashed, we have a good time, we enjoy the mosh pit. Thousands of us are leaving, it's over. He didn't even do an encore. He was like, fuck these budget people. You won tickets for free off a radio station, get over yourself. We're walking out, and what do we see hovering over the amphitheater? A giant fucking weird triangle. We have three red lights. What's important about this is that the red lights were fixed. They weren't three independent crafts. What all of the witnesses describe, pictures, and multiple video that is out there, is that there are these three points of red light 
that are somehow affixed to whatever it's affixed to and it's moving around. Well, you would think that if maybe one or two people saw that, it'd be like, eh, whatever. But the problem is, is you have literally thousands of people leaving this concert, taking pictures and videos and talking about it. Yeah, I hope it doesn't discredit it because it was an Ozzy Osbourne concert. There are lots of other people that also saw it. Well, also not everyone who goes to an Ozzy Osbourne concert is like getting fucked up. So That's like, very true. Also, it was big enough that the surrounding areas were also seeing it. It just so happened that this concert was going on, so that's what a lot of people talk about it when it comes to this thing. Well, here's the weird part. Just maybe 70-ish two days later, on October 31st, the same exact lights show up again. The same thing. We also have more, even more witnesses this time. Video, audio, people are doing news stories about it. It's freaking everywhere. They think, okay, it happened twice, whatever. Then in exactly a year later, on October 1st, 2005, we have it coming back again. Same place, seen all over. Videos and pictures to be included in that as well. Then Brie, it comes back again on October 31st, 2006. So we're having like yearly visits of this mm -hmm. thing. Here's where it gets a little tricky and weird. What happened in 2004 that was super significant that's all over the news? The Nimitz? Yes. Okay. The Nimitz Tic Tac UFO. Here's a little, a little secret for you. This took place between that first and second sighting. Really? Right around Illinois. That's interesting. Not only that, but we have multiple sightings. It's returning. And on top of that, we have a confirmed video clip that literally broke the internet when it came out talking about the USS mm -hmm. Nimitz finding that thing whoa, er, skirt, something's happening here. Because now we know for a fact that it couldn't just be some everyday craft because we also have now the military coming back out and being like, yo, <laughs> we got this video, some weird shit's happening. It's interesting that they never tied it into the Tinley lights and there was actually only one article online that tied the two together and I was like, shut the fuck up. Why doesn't more people know about this? Yeah. It gets better. The lights still come back all the time. It's not just like it's happened once or twice or three times. I mean, it's almost a yearly event at this point. Around the fall time, people see these lights. So what the fuck is happening? So exciting. I wish I could go. Well, you know, way back in the day, we did an episode about aliens and Halloween, and we talked about how we could never link aliens to and Halloween. Halloween. I think we just did. Yeah, I think so too. I think this year for Halloween, we should go to Chicago and go to Tinley Park and just go sit out there and be like, all right, guys, today's the day. Wait, wait like we'll go to Chicago and then we'll travel down to the Tinley Park area? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, obviously we have to fly into Chicago airport. Yes. And to be clear, Tinley Park, there's many cities in Tinley Park. It's just, it's an area. So it's not just one location. So these are many towns that are seeing these same lights. And I don't believe I'm wrong, but there was actually a Project Blue Book case in that area too that was also the Tinley Park lights, of course, back in Project Blue Book days. Mm -hmm. So it's been happening for a very long time. And still happening. 2000, oh, I forgot the year but it was named like the best place to live in in America. Wow. <laughs> it was in Tinley Park. <laughs> Do you think it's so good because it's safe because the aliens patrol the streets? Oh, maybe. Yeah, they're like, they're always looking out for us. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I find it just interesting that it's still happening to this day. What I also found really interesting about it is like the more I tried to look for information about it on the internet, the less and less information there was. Tinley Park Lights thing is a big deal. If you just Google and type in Tinley Park Lights UFO or whatever, very minimal stuff comes up online. Even like the Wikipedia about it, it's not, it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page, which I find like baffling to me considering there's so many videos and so many witnesses. It was literally a blurb on the black triangles that just said Tinley Lights. They saw it this day and this day and this day, that's all. And so it's interesting, like even combing through articles and stuff was really hard. Now, the one thing I did find that was really helpful is UFO Hunters did an entire episode on it where they debunked a lot of the things that people were saying that these Tinley Lights could be. One of the things that the government and military and stuff is like, oh, it was probably just flares. They were probably doing some sort of drill. So they went and like tied a bunch of flares to like something and they literally, they, they did like a 500 exper experiments about it and like none of it was even close to what people captured on video. They even had like actual witnesses who originally filmed it come with their original camera and film their experiments to see if it would look the same in any way, shape or form. But the big problem was like a lot of people were like, oh, there were flares attached to balloons. But balloons with flares attached don't they move. Yeah, they don't move like in the same pattern. So what's really going on here? They didn't really have an answer at the end of UFO Hunters, which, welcome to the History Channel, they never actually have answers for yeah. you. They'll always leave you with a question to come back for more. But it was interesting that they had done all these experiments and really taken their time, talked to the witnesses, and every experiment they did was debunked. They have no idea what this could be. And it's still happening today and we still don't have information. There's still not a lot about it online. And it's really sad, I wish that these people could all get together. Let's write some fucking books about it. Let's go out there. Let's find these things. Like it's obviously still happening and it's impacted so many people in that area, but no one talks about it. There's a MUFON chapter for Illinois too. They always meet in Tinley Park. It's like their, their thing, their meetup spot or whatever. Well, around Halloween time, they have a festival out there for it since all this stuff happened around Halloween. And so oh, that would be so fun. More of a reason to go there for Halloween. You know, I think it's really interesting that just with these two cases that we discussed today are massive. They were very well documented. They're is significant proof to all of it and what's even more important is that in both cases it kind of goes off what it isn't with the police officer going over what it wasn't on air was significant to me because he's going through the checklist too and then for the ufo hunter show to go through all the is it this is it this is it that that's what's important is to start checking off what it isn't because we're left with the unknown that's like the perfect way to end this episode brie <laughs> We're left with the unknown. All right, you guys, we have our Factor Sci-Fi this week. So I posted this a few weeks ago, but we had one of our followers on Instagram, at Last Kennedy, send us some pictures that he saw of what he thinks to be a UFO. The story is basically, he was out working. It was like late at night or early in the morning. I don't know, it's dark out. And he was trying to take a picture of what he, he saw like an owl sitting on like a light post. Mm -hmm. He was trying to take a picture of it and it ended up getting some weird things. Bree, I'm going to show it to you real quick. You ready? Yep. Our listeners are a little bit divided about this one. A lot of people are saying lens flares, which I originally was kind of like, mm, lens, it's a little lens flourish too. But then a lot of people were like, nah, this is some UFO shit. So I'm personally going to have to middle bitch this one because I just don't know. It's very interesting. The two photos are, I ooh, can't tell if it's like one craft or like four crafts or like two crafts or if it's really just a weird thing. I don't know. The way the picture is and where the flare is at just is they're in two different places. I don't know. It's just an interesting, interesting picture. And here's where it kind of interests me the most. Owls. <laughs> As many of you know, I genuinely believe that owls are aliens. 
So it's interesting to me that he's trying to take a picture of an owl and then like weird UFOs show up in his photo. I don't know if they're actually UFOs, but when you throw owls in there, I'm immediately like, wait, 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 breathe. Smells like an alien. <laughs> so I'm going to middle bitch it. What about you? I think I'm going to have to sci-fi this one. Wow. You're going to lens flare it? It didn't stick out to me. I didn't see the owl very clearly. That white thing? Uh-huh. You expect me to believe that's an owl. Yeah. That's fine. But I wasn't there. I know. Neither was I. So Maybe it's a psychic owl. The thing is, is that he, he says that when he was taking a picture, he didn't notice any of it. Like, he wasn't like, oh my god, there's a UFO in the sky. He said he didn't realize until later. So that's, that's why. usually the best photos. Usually. But then that's also why I get a little bit of lens flare-ish thing going on here. It's very interesting. Check out the photo. It's on our Instagram right now. Tell us what you guys think. I'm a middle bitch. Bree's gonna sci-fi it. I'm gonna sci-fi it. All right, Bree. I am dying for some of your enlightenment. I don't have a legitimate conscious quote of the day. I, you know what? I'm thirsty for your knowledge. Give me what you have. Give me your conscious quote of the dirt. Conscious quote of the dirt. Conscious quote of the dirt. I'm gonna hit you with a conscious quote by Yoda because Yoda only says conscious things. Side note before we continue, uh, Brie is making me watch all the Star Wars. We're three down. We did the first three prequels. We're going on to the normal three next. I've never watched Star Wars. So we have a lot of Star Wars quotes and memes going on right now. So That's I feel the like only it... reason why I have this in my head. Give it to me. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Is that why you're so fucking grumpy all the time? Wow. Wow. Has Satan filled your soul with hatred? <laughs> Satan filled your soul with hatred. He's going there. Let's do some shout outs. Brandy. Daniel. Destiny. Dylan. J Plus. Matt. Bobby. Simon. Spacey D. Vanessa. Apey. Anthony. Jan. I'm probably saying your name wrong and forgive me, but I believe it's Rise. Melissa, Shay, welcome to the family. Thank you for being our newest Patreon. Love you. All right, guys. We love you all so much. Uh, tune in next week for another episode. We're back to our normal schedule now that the holidays are over. Brie is into the new house now. Everyone sent her new house blessing vibes. Oh, yeah. Hit me with the, the love and the light. Yeah, Brie needs love and light right now. Thank our- you, guys. Love you. Hey, wait. Before we go, I have one more thing to say. Fuck you, Mountain View, California. And fuck you, Bobby. Love you guys. Good night. Hello. Hi, Jamie. Bree. This is Saul Rosenberg. And I'm a big fan of your show and everything. But I had a horrible, awful experience. I had to tell somebody. Pardon me, but I'm a bit nervous. I've never called into a show before. Anyways, I listen to your podcast all the time. Especially when I get off of work. And I work on the third floor of an office building. And one time, this happened during the holidays. And it's a really tragic story. I don't know if I like the holidays anymore. But anyways, I hope you're sitting down. I was listening to the show. And I was so scared. I was so terrified by what I was hearing on your program that I... I fell down two flights of stairs and I smashed my glasses and my shoes fell off. I don't even know where the left shoe went. I couldn't even find it. I had to to stumble to my car with only one shoe. And I only have one pair of shoes. So now I only have half a pair of shoes. And when I put my glasses back on, luckily the frame was okay. But what I didn't know was my glasses had fallen into a puddle where a homeless person had peed. 
So when I woke up the next morning, my eyes were swollen shut with pink eye. It was horrible. I I guess it doesn't really have anything to do with aliens or anything, but I I just thought you two should know. I I'm a big fan, and I I had a horrible, awful experience. All right, take care. Have a happy new year.